Hey everyone, got a quarantine episode for you. This was recorded remotely, uh, so there's some audio popping because uh, we're still getting used to talking at our laptops and not talking at each other, but it still is totally fine. Um, we watched Thicker Than Water, uh, incredible film. The thing I want to say about it right now is that you can go watch this. It's free on YouTube. Go watch it. It's totally worth it. Uh, we spoil it pretty quickly in the beginning of this episode, so there's your warning. Uh, but just watch it. It's incredible. It's got Fat Joe. It's got Mac-10. It's got Ice Cube and an extended cameo. Uh, it's got MC-8 being amazing. Uh, it's got a couple guys from Bone make a cameo. Be Real is in it. Badass is in it. Uh, not Boozy Badass, a, a guy from Long Beach. It's just amazing. I just, just watch it. Uh, we had a great time. Got to talk about some West Coast music. Got to talk about some stuff off the soundtrack that's really good. And that's all I got. Thicker than water on Bodega Box Office. Pen gun! <laughs> He's like, let me get this straight. I shoot some bitch for you, and now you have me driving you to some other bitch's house? Never too much bass. Pass the weed. Because his uncle was in the Gap Band? Pen gun! <laughs> Starting a feud with your business partner because the guy that uh, misread the word penguin in a taboo <laughs> match shot somebody? That seems a little silly to me. Welcome to Bodega Box Office. Bodega Box Office is a podcast about rap movies. What is a rap movie? It's a movie that was either written by, produced by, directed by, or starring a rapper. I'm the rap game Jay Sherman. Over here, I have the rap game Sandy Kenyon. What a do. And this week, we watched Thicker Than Water. Woo! What a delight. Uh, so good, right? Yeah. I Even the one part of the movie that was a key plot point that I didn't notice happening and that I had to rewind to see whether I somehow missed it despite watching it sober and taking notes, I was still like, you know, everything else is so good that this doesn't bother me. Uh, are you talking about the twist? Yes. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Did that happen to you? Yeah. It made me wonder if yes. the YouTube version I watched, like if there was a part taken out because of like boobs or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got completely blindsided by the twist. Uh, even though they were like sort of trying to telegraph it from the beginning. Yeah. You know? By naming um, the movie Thicker Than Water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, oh, shit. Uh, I think it is. Do you think it's valuable to not spoil this movie? I didn't expect to be having this conversation yeah. about this movie. It's about cum, audience. <laughs> cum is thicker than water. <laughs> Welcome to our new listeners. I was going to ask you, too, <laughs> if you liked my very straightforward, sober reading of the intro. Yeah, it's only a matter of time till I fucking bring things into the gutter. Right? <laughs> At the finishing line, there is cum. <laughs> At the finishing line, there is blood and water and cum. It's the cover of Metallica's Reload. Or Load. <laughs> uh, uh, isn't this also sort of the plot of Ghetto Stories with Boozy and Webby? Wasn't that a yes. secret relative movie? Yes, it was. Okay, so we're spoiling it. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry, audience. Spoilers, spoilers abound, everybody, yeah. for this movie. That it doesn't matter. It still makes it enjoyable. Yes, it was. I think it was something like that. I think they might have um, been cousins instead of brothers, but still, same thing. Yes. Well, I think like that's like a such a writer's trick is just to be like, oh man, I need to. What story am I gonna like? 
you know, copy for this? And uh, the answer is Shakespeare or West Side Story. Oh, I thought you or, meant Webby. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what great auteur should I copy? <laughs> or I guess in this case, it would be Webby copying Mac 10. But, uh, yes. Who's copying? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Some something I should have read that's like the most basic, like plotting example that I've never read. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right out of the handbook, though. Like make them brothers, <laughs> but don't tell them until the end. <laughs> um, I yeah, I really, I really enjoyed. It. I, I it's four twenty today, so I took like one hit to like kind of I don't know, just to get myself into it, and it really helped me focus on some of the harder to catch things about what they were doing because mm-hmm. as we know it's cool to be back in this world of like the low budget rap movie um because we haven't watched one of those in a while yeah but and also uh, not low we, budget i would say independent because it was yes. uh, well produced audio was fine uh soundtrack like good distribution like it, it really balanced quite well that's true it isn't as low of budget. It had some surprisingly high budget things at certain points. Um, Not the airplane set. No, no, that. Oh God. I love that. I loved that so much. And I loved the, um, uh, Gator's backyard. Uh, that was like clearly like a really nice public sculpture garden or something that they hired out anyway. Uh, but no, like, as you know, like it's sometimes with these kind of movies where it's definitely like, you know, more or less self-produced, uh, there's some issues with the plot sometimes and it's hard to catch. And I was dialed in and I knew what everybody was doing. I knew what, how all the players were playing. I felt, I felt like I was in there. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're getting dangerously close to plot territory. What do you think? Yeah, I think I can do that. Um, I didn't uh, come up with a a tiny plot, but uh, I'll do my best. Let's do the plot. I, I mean, I can also help, too, because, like I said, I have the, the power of uh, THC on my side. So Excellent. Um, movie starts, and it's Fat Joe's birthday. Mac-10 is leaving the house of uh, his girlfriend and or side piece. Um, yep. I will let the ladies determine who is Brandy, uh, atop played the Played by Rashida Jones' sister. Yeah, uh, Jones Tupac's daughter. ex-girlfriend. Oh, shit. Yeah, nice. yeah, they were dating when Tupac died. Damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's her? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's okay. crazy. Great. Um, so yeah, Mac 10's leaving this house and he gets jumped by a bunch of Fat Joe's friends. Uh, Fat Joe comes out, breaks it up and basically doesn't want to have to deal with this and piss his girlfriend off. So he sort of gives Mac 10 a freebie, um, which ends up becoming relevant because six months pass Mac 10, who is some combination of gangster and, uh, rap producer is trying to go to the studio and uh, nearly ends up in a war with Fat Joe's guys and decides to give Fat Joe the counterpass um, to balance things out. Um, they then meet a third time at what appears to be some sort of lowrider convention and uh, strike up a relationship, decide to mix business with pleasure, and uh, things end up not being quite what they seem. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then they, they decide that... To, in order to replace the studio equipment that Mac-10 had randomly caught on fire, yeah. uh, they decide to start selling drugs, and that involves an amazing subplot with a New Orleans gangster named Gator, who uh, one of his henchmen goes under goes over Gator's head and tries to rob Fat Joe and Mac-10, 
and uh, they get their revenge and there's a happy ending at the end. Uh, at the funeral for Mac 10's father, there is come. The, there is come. Yeah. Everybody, everybody came. Everybody was there. Everybody came. God damn it. Uh, yeah. They, they discover their brothers. Uh, blood is thicker than water. Um, I, like I said, first of all, I really, I really liked being in this world again of the, the rapper produced film. Yeah. Uh, I missed it. I missed it. Yeah. It's great. They all act well. They address weird plot irregularities like Fat Joe being on the West Coast because apparently this was supposed to be Snoop Dogg's role initially. So then when oh. they put Fat Joe in, they like have a line about how he's like on the like hiding out from New York. Like, yeah, they're pretty clear about just trying to make this an actual like thought out film, which I appreciate because not every rap movie does that. Yeah, there was like a script and a story they were following. Which, yeah, not every rap movie does that. And sometimes it, you get amazing things, like The Spot, where you get a you know, two-minute conversation about what a, um, an allegory is, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, but this, yeah, they, I, they did like interrogate their own script a lot. Yeah. There's times when they're, they're always questioning, like, why do we have to go into the studio? And why should we sell drugs? And why should you go to college? And like, there, there was a something happening here, you know? Yeah. It wasn't... Like choices, the movie was also kind of like seemed slapdash, like they were improvising around a story, but without a script. This definitely had a script. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, what did you th- What did you think of Mac Ten as a lead? I thought Mac Ten uh, was competent. Like I, it was yeah. surprising that Mac Ten of all people wanted to act. Um, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought Fat Joe was good. I thought MC8 was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, just across the board, there wasn't anybody that stood out I w- as far as being bad and not carrying their weight. I'll also say, and I don't know if this is a credit to the rappers or a credit to whatever actual professionals they had on set, but it was loose without being improvisational. Like, there's scenes yeah. that were very funny that I don't really imagine were sc- heavily scripted, but at the same time, the framing around everything else basically let them sort of improvise mildly, like almost like a Curb Your Enthusiasm sort of thing. So that yes. way it didn't seem like you were watching Fat Joe try to memorize two paragraphs of lines or whatever. Yes, I, I would actually split the difference with you and say that, like, I think it was mostly scripted, but I think every character got an opportunity <laughs> to say the coolest thing that their coolest uncle had said to them at one point, mm-hmm. like some insane, like, pimp saying. Like, we kind of talked about this with the Irishman, how every character in the film seemed to have the ability to, like, sum up in a beautiful, poetic way what was going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think each one of these characters in this movie got their opportunity to do that. 100%. And I don't think any of those things were in the script. Like my hot lines are just like, there's so many, at least in the first half of the movie. Yeah. The middle sags mildly. And around the time the movie sags is around the time it stops being a hotline factory. But I still must have written a dozen hot lines down. Oh, when Gator comes through, he's a fucking hotline machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Also, the idea of blowing noodles off the back of people's head is not something I've heard before in rap, and I, I that should be uh, called out for. Uh, I heard I heard something new today. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, there was just a lot of like really creative dialogue, and also they didn't get too busy with sets or anything. Like they sort yeah. of realized, like if you have this much personality, you can sort of just yeah sit around and like weird houses in LA and just like make do you don't need to be too ambitious with a lot of the stuff yeah it's the kill a season method where it's all shot in like rental properties that Cameron owns yeah it, it's it reminds me of how like pornos like used to be filmed <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very California problem to have yeah yeah uh there was about to be a Mac 10 sex scene and I braced myself <laughs> Uh, I was like, wow, I'm about to see Mac 10 have sex right now. That's not something I was ready for. Yeah. They spared um, they us. Faded, they faded out. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's fade to blur. And that also could be something that someone just did to make it not yanked from YouTube. We are A, cheap bastards, but B, this means that anyone listening could pause this, go watch 90 minutes of a delightful movie, and then come yes. back and remember that we're less entertaining than Mac 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the movie's better than this whole podcast. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, certainly. Um, there were titties, though, so I don't know. Maybe the, the version you had were was blurred out, but there's definitely a lot of a lot of boobs in this. Yeah, I saw I saw boobs during the scene uh, in the drug uh, packaging scene. They did yeah. sort of the uh, um, New, Jack. New Jack City thing. Yep, you have to if you're making a rap movie and they're selling drugs, you got to have topless women bagging it up. Yeah, it's just the rules. It's you true. Rules. It's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got so many notes. Should we just hit some notes? Let's go to the notes. Oh, we're going to the notes. Okay. Oh man. So many notes. Um, let's start off at the beginning. Was that touch football? I think (laughs) they certainly played touch football. I loved it. (laughs) So the film starts with, uh, the credits over, an endless montage of maybe a game in real time of these guys playing touch football in like Dickies and like fresh crisp air force ones. And like these guys clearly weren't told that they were going to be doing like sports when they showed up for their acting. Um, It's great. Love that. Yeah. Also a lot of these guys are big, like in the sense of being like stocky. So the touch football scene and a weird alley escape are both moments where you can tell it's cut to not watch any actor have to like bend over at the waist and start wheezing after running <laughs> 15 yards. Dude, okay, so I was doing my research. Shout out to research. Right, did research. Found an article, I can't remember, I'll post it on Twitter, from, um, from the time... Uh, when this came out, what, 99. And the reviewer makes a point to say that the most of the cast is heavy set <laughs> is the word he uses. <laughs> and he's, he's kind of like flagging it as like, oh, wow, look at this like progressive film for not just like putting up these waifish actors. <laughs> he's uh, like, yeah, everyone's huge in it. <laughs> and and he's not wrong. Like a lot of people who are on screen are like really like big dudes. Yeah. Um, and that was the era, too, thing. of wearing clothes that made you look even bigger than you are. Yes. Everybody's clothes were huge. Uh, we're, in the, we're square in the era of nobody's clothes fit them, uh, which is pretty much every era. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just was a funny thing to spill so much ink on. Like, it was really, really – it was great. Um, what do you got for a note? All right. 
I'm going to say, not only was this my favorite wholesome thing ever in a rap movie, but also oh. it was something where I was like, oh my god, these guys could be doing this like right now via uh, fucking FaceTime during uh, Corona segregation. Hold- uh, Hold the phone. I know exactly what you're gonna t- what you're gonna say. I just want you to know that I know it's what you're about. The to say. greatest birthday party ever. Fat Joe playing taboo with the homies. <laughs> Pen gun. Pen gun. <laughs> it is the best. Um, everything about it was a complete delight. Um, it must yep. be something that one of them just enjoyed taboo. But for uh, those who do not know. Taboo is analog catchphrase. Before catchphrase came out as a thing you could hold, taboo is just catchphrase, but you also can't say three words. And it's known for the most obnoxious buzzer known to man. Yeah. It's a little little thing that comes in the game, and you buzz when someone says a word that they shouldn't say, trying to get the other person to guess the word that's on the card. They're basically playing 20-sec pyramid from the chronic. Like, it's fucking priceless. They have a good setup for a joke. Everything about yeah. the taboo scene is perfect, up to and including the fact that it's just such a comically wholesome activity. Like, I yes. was just mystified by it. Well, I was sitting there, like, I was like, oh, what game are they playing? Because they're like, ta- I was, you know, because they're playing for a while before they reveal the, that it's taboo. And I'm like, oh, is it spades? Are they playing like dominoes? Like, you know, typical hood movie um, mainstays. And, or even Uno, you know, like I thought maybe Uno would come. And I, they showed that taboo buzzer and I about fell out. Dude. <laughs> I, I was like seriously dying. It was amazing. And, and you're right. It is written around a really good joke about MC8 not understanding that it, he's supposed to look at Penguin. And he very successfully gets his boy to guess Pen Gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. It's so good. If you want to watch Fat Joe and MC8 play Taboo, yeah. then watch the water yeah if we ever what we should have been doing from episode one but never did was take like the brilliant eccentric like strange 20 second clips from rap movies that justify this entire strange project of ours and this without a doubt would be like um just a really integral part of that clip show what else would be in there do you think um, probably the E40 scene from Dead Heist. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect scene. That's, in, that's, you're right. Those scenes in miniature that are just like, they don't, they just work on their own. They're fucking like, um, the time passing scene in Birds of a Feather, where it's just a picture of someone's iPhone and it, it looks like 400 years have gone. Oh away. yeah. <laughs> Basically anything that is funny or interesting regularly but also because there's a rapper in it, but also because if there wasn't a rapper in it, someone would have just been like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the whole, the whole thing about intuition and, uh, or uh, sorry, an allegory uh, at the end of uh, birds of a feather. Yeah. Uh, of, uh, sorry, the spot, um, DJ Paul looking at his, uh, sidekick in choices, the movie, <laughs> which I'm very happy to say that I, uh, turned into a GIF and put on Giphy, and now if you search DJ Paul GIF on Giphy, uh, it will come up. Oh, it's wonderful! Excellent. Yeah, very proud of you. Um, but I want to go quickly back to that scene of uh, the pen gun and, and taboo because it pays off even further when they're beating up um, Mac Ten, and 
That scene I love because Mac-10, while he's getting beat up, is giving everybody shit. He's like, not like, he's not letting them win. They're, he's not, they're not breaking his mind or his body yeah. in that one. He's busting their balls while they're beating him up. And um, MC-8 pulls out a pair of hedge clippers, <laughs> which I loved because he never got to use them, but he was holding them. And then at the end, like they had just beaten a man, you know, pretty severely and pulled guns and shit. And like, it was a pretty intense moment. And then instantly before they can put their guns back in their waistbands, they're already arguing about pen gun and penguin again. <laughs> um, uh, that's so good. What I love is as violent as that fight was, do you know what fight made that fight look fucking just garbage? What's that? The girl on girl fight in oh, the beginning. Good God. That was a serious brawl. They were stomping that girl. Yeah. There's two stunt women for sure going like doing like amazing work in that scene. Yeah. Because it, it looked fucking real. And then she it's like she gets her ass beat and then, and then she gets shot in the chest. It's like, damn. Yeah, they did that, that thing where you could tell that like they had somebody like kicking like a sack of flour really hard just out of frame so that way instead of having to act like you're kicking without kicking instead you just kick the shit out of something and then like flop the footage back and forth yeah yeah otherwise otherwise that woman would have been really dead it's the beanie siegel method of acting only with beanie they don't kick a bag of flour yeah just kick the actual person (laughs) uh yeah that shit was crazy um I liked Mac Ten busting. Well, this is a hotline, hot so I won't, I won't, uh, I won't go into that one. Uh, I did like that Mac Ten did his own stunts. That seems pretty obvious. Yes. Um, every time they're doing anything, he's getting roughed up pretty bad, which is. I think it's always weird to watch a rapper get like beat up in a movie because you rarely see rappers not winning in music videos, mm-hmm. but in movies it happens often. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I really liked Mac 10's sister's school drawing of police violence. Oh my god. That was, yeah, that was also on my list. Yeah. It's a funny, like, look, I drew this at school today, and she's this cute little cherub, and it's fucking, what is this, like, police line, police tape, and like a dead body, and like, damn. Yeah. I had to hit you with Completely that. ridiculous. Uh, also, Ice Cube's cousin, apparently, based on the, uh, the backstory they added during the Ice Cube scene. Let's talk about it. So, Ice Cube, what do you what did you think of his scene? Uh, it was fine. Um, I, it was pretty clear that they were gonna just throw Ice Cube in uh, this movie. Um, and yeah, he was uh, good enough. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the weird pile of guns that he was peddling that he had allegedly gotten during a smash and grab at an Army Navy surplus store. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're always interrogating what and how they ha- got the things they got. Like we didn't need to know that ice cube crashed a car into a store to get these guns, but it's cool that we do. Yeah. That's also, uh, I'm guilty. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I think all, uh, white Midwesterners are guilty of this, but, uh, because I think I'm above this now, it's important. I come clean when I'm guilty of it. It never occurred to me that the army (laughs) Navy surplus store has a bunch of weapons in it. I always thought it was just like meals ready to eat. And like <laughs> camouflage pants and shit. It didn't occur to me that at least back in the day when I would like go to a strip mall with a used video game store in it, that when it was next door to an Army Navy surplus <laughs> store, that it was filled with fucking artillery. Yeah, you could have been buying weapons and instead you were buying Toe Jam and Earl. And yeah, stuff. right? You fucked up. Yeah. Had you yeah, had that no. ever occurred to you? Well, I, 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 this is the kind of thing that I think is lame for me to talk about, but I was like, 
I had that thought too, but I was like, it must vary state by state. Cause like an army Navy surplus store in New York city is just like, it's MREs yeah. and like, and clothes. So it's like all goth kids and like YouTubers in there mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but as we know from falling down, you can get fucking RPGs and shit in an LA one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was like, I had to have that thought. Falling so, Down is a movie that should be a rap movie. Like, how have they not just remade that with a random rapper <laughs> as defense? With, like, a really angry rapper, like an Immortal Technique. or a, Yeah, exactly. Or somebody somebody who likes to give it to him raw. Yeah. Thing. I can't believe I just said give it to him raw. <laughs> um, I love that, though. And I, actually, what I really appreciated was that Cube scene was an actual cameo. Like, he had an arc... He showed up. Something happened. It's not like paper soldiers. Like we're going to put Jay-Z's name on the box and we're literally going to show 15 seconds of footage. That is true. Yeah. Like he actually had a whole thing, you know, like he, he's like, Oh, I got to see my cousin again. And how are you? And you can have anything you want. And then I'll I'll even, I'll even pull up and go pull guns on these guys at the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was cool. I really liked what he was doing with the sideburns. That was an era. Yeah. Um, Also, interestingly, um, pivoting from the note that I was initially going to do. But I also like that be real is in this because it's yes. very clear that this is the Mac 10s making a movie right after they reach an uneasy truce in the be real versus ice cube feud. So they're like, wow. well, I suppose why don't we extend the olive branch by having you come down to the movie set and read three lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he does, he's a very, um, charismatic dude mm-hmm. uh on camera too i really like be real screen presence um he's in um isn't he also in who's the man i think that uh, sounds anyway. correct but it's been a while it has been a long time since that one yeah i agree like it, there's a and i didn't know he was in it so i was like really surprised yeah i mean uh, i was surprised to a point where i paused it and i was like that is be real but the timeline isn't this a period of time where they fucking hated each other's guts? So I then had to like confirm on IMDb that it was in fact be real. Yeah. That, that is something you would know better than I would is like what, what exact beef was happening at this time. Um, speaking of beef, I mean, how about maybe I'm jumping for a little bit too far, but how about just the image of Mac 10 and fat Joe sitting in a, in a convertible, just enjoying each other's company. Yeah. What better place for two fat guys to have a conversation than like a giant open lowrider <laughs> fucking convertible? I love that there's a part too where they're both very relaxed and they're leaning back, you know, and they got their arms on the back of the seat. Yeah. And they both go to put their arm up at the same time and they kind of like rub arms. Mm-hmm. And it's like this little dance to see which one's going to like let go first, you know? Yeah. And they find a way to make it work. They find a way to both share the, the back of the seat. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Also, um, uh, how oh, I'm sorry. Go for looking it. at the back of the seat. <laughs> it's the, another aspect of that scene that I really liked is that because they're both musicians and because they're not in a modern techno hell world, uh, it means that they have to carry around like singles of yes. their studio output instead of Just, being like, yo, 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 let me put you on and then pulling out a fucking phone and going to YouTube and shit. Like yep. it made a lot more sense. Like music back then was really something that you're either invested in or you weren't. We're now part of what makes it sort of a nightmare to be around all the time 
is that it's just as easy, if not easier, for someone that is uh, such a vapid piece of garbage, they don't actually have any interest in music, but they can still profess an interest in music. Yeah, there's there's no barriers to entry. And in this case, it was like, there's something exciting about, oh, I'm working on this group, check them out. Yeah. And I also, I really liked that that Fat Joe's music that he played was very East Coast sounding, and, and Mac 10's was very West Coast, mm-hmm. you know? That was had to have been intentional, and it was just like, it was a great image. Like I know th- that's the other thing about this movie is you spend so much time with Fat Joe and Mac Ten. Yeah, just together. I'm glad Fat Joe's in it. If you would have told me before this started that there is a West Coast movie that Fat Joe was a last minute replacement yes. for Snoop in, I would have been suspicious. But it ended up yeah. working out phenomenally. I agree. I I did not really kind of like. I didn't have understand the gravity of that until I started seeing it, you know, like, and it's not like they're, you know, just doing scenes at random. Like fat Joe was around for this movie, you know, like he had to be in LA for a long time to shoot this at least a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. I I think that's a major moment uh, that, that actually happening and fat Joe wearing the most, I'm a guy from New York outfits in the movie too (laughs) is fantastic. It's very true. Yeah. Um, I love that there's a Nintendo 64 in the studio. I knew you'd that. I knew you'd love that. That whole studio scene was just like, that was beautiful. Cause they, they make a, a good point. Like you got dudes sampling stuff in the background. They're working on like, their mixer that eventually catches on fire and you got an old guy playing 64. The only thing I regret is that we didn't get to see what he was playing. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I saw that, um, there's a moment when they're debating whether or not to sell drugs to get back into the recording game or sell Mac 10's car. And, I was surprised that they even took the time to talk about it as an option Mm -hmm. because it made you realize that like they had another option, you know, like that car, they could have gotten some serious money for. It's a great car. Yeah. And so you're watching them do all this stuff and you know, it's going to fall apart and you're sitting there and you're just like, why didn't you guys just sell the car? Damn it. (laughs) That is also though, if there's any debate of anyone that's fucking that lives in LA, it would be like, do I commit (laughs) nine felonies? Or contemplate taking the bus. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's a good point. They're, they're not about to take the bus. No way. Yeah. Yeah. But it is just like a weird, like we didn't need that information at all because it doesn't really come up again later. It just adds, uh, it adds another layer of context that like sometimes these movies don't yeah. have. So and I, I appreciate that. a layer of context that like a lot, there's a lot of information that was given for every character in every scene to a degree where in some cases it means you wait for the movie to sort of breathe and eventually reward you remembering this. And in other cases, it's just expository detail. Like yeah. you reach a context. Yeah. yeah. You reach a point where you hear that Mac 10's father is sick. And when it's not resolved, you just start to think of it like the room where there's just a bunch <laughs> of random facts shouted and then it doubles back around. You're like, Oh no, that is actually pivotal information. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That it, it, it was a sneaky way to get you to care about the characters. Yeah. Um, which is sometimes a struggle in, in, in these movies. I'm going to keep saying things like that. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the stepfather character? Uh, I love that he's watching bootleg VHS screeners of action movies. Yes. Yes. 
for screening purposes only. And then he specifically, here's a very room moment where like after coming in and busting Mac 10's chops, uh, he's like, well, I'm going to go watch celebrity jeopardy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He makes a point to say what he's about to go watch. And like, I also thought the family dynamic was interesting where he is pretty clearly not the person in charge, but he's completely comfortable with that. Like you can tell that basically she was with, Mac 10's father, Mac 10's father turned out to not have the stability she wanted. So then she's like, well, I should find a different type of partner. And then she ends up with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Seems nice enough. <laughs> Who like works hard. He gives all of his money to his wife. Yeah. He watches celebrity jeopardy and action movie screeners. He lightly ribs Mac 10. Yeah. This is what I like is that it wasn't the stereotypical stepfather where he's a threat an enemy or like, the baby boy, you know, Ving Rhames thing. And like, he's just like, he's kind of his buddy. They're kind of friends. Yeah. Like if they bust each other's balls, like I, I really appreciated like all that. Did they that. ever establish if his daughter was the girl that drew that picture or if uh, it's possible that he's just raising two other people's kids in exchange for having a living room to like drink beer and watch DVD screeners. <laughs> That's a really good point. They never, I don't think they ever clarify that. It must be that it's uh, Mac 10's like little sister. Yeah, Ice Cube Mac is 10 is related to that girl either fully or halfway, um, but it's never established whether the stepfather of Mac 10 is also that girl's stepfather if he's the full-on biological father. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, is this where you're going to put biological didn't bother in in post? <laughs> Phil is my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What else you got? Uh, thoughts on the stand-up comedian double date? Oh, man. Went on? Oh, God damn. Yeah. Uh, I love that they shot it at like an, like an actual stand-up comedian. Yeah. For sure. I think in a comedy club. Yeah. Um, he's got a joke about how he's got a baby dick, but not like the fact that it's small. Like a baby's dick is small. It's the size of a baby. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Fat Joe seemed to like it. Um <laughs> And there's this interesting things happening with their clothes there because that's when they're hustling and they're making money. And so Fat Joe brings out the uh, the like gilded frameless or lensless glasses yeah. that you have to have. Yeah, um, that was a great move. Well, I mean, once you see Mac Ten wear a bowler, I think you then are like, how else am I going to class up my costume to <laughs> yep. keep tabs with him? Low-key, like, Mac 10s whole wardrobe, the entire... Well, later in the film especially, was just unfucking believable Yeah. Uh, and that's all, like, typical things you'd see on a West Side Connection album cover. But, like, the, the Dickies with the khakis and the dress shoes and the bowler, mm-hmm. the funeral outfit, basically, um, I thought it was perfect and amazing. And uh, I think Mac 10 is a style icon. <laughs> I agree. I, I have no uh, objections to that. What did you think of the um, the strip club scene? There's something I noticed in there, and I want to see if maybe you saw it too, or I was just high. Um, strip club scene, strip club scene. I'm not sure they if I go, noticed anything. It's when they first decide to go get back in the game, and they meet up with uh, this guy at the strip club who connects them with Gator. Okay. And they're talking to this guy, and then it pulls out, and the and it reveals that there's the exact same guy also sitting at the table with them with the exact same clothes on and might have been the guy's twin. Like 
<laughs> where's that movie like what the fuck that is ridiculous that is the part of the movie where i was like oh it's lost a tiny bit of steam did i lose track of something in the movie it's super dark too it's actually really hard to see yeah i mean it we're also watching hard. a vhs rip that was put up on youtube a decade ago so. yeah yeah the uh, aspect ratio things that are happening are quite hilarious on, on youtube um but yeah, anyway, there's, I don't know, man, there's, there's twins in the strip club and nobody talks about it and it's fucking weird. Uh, so that happened. Um, I thought that dog fight was really well attended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actually made me stick around for the uh, humane society, uh, badge at the end. I was like, God damn, if they really kill the dog in this thing, like we can't, we can't watch this. We, we have to throw this in the garbage. Like <laughs> This is why I said we'd be on opposite sides of the race war. <laughs> oh yeah it's it's clear on which side we're yeah. on I'm, yeah. you're gonna put in like an anti-michael vick psa and post yeah. after yeah. i hang up the call yeah yeah no it's not it's not dog fighting this problem it's michael vick who's the problem that's the problem <laughs> just kidding don't take this out of context new listener um no you're i thought it was yeah man that that was a that was a hell of a dog fight and that is a pivotal moment because it it sparks a stupid argument where mch shoots uh fat joe's boy yeah and 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 sets them against each other. And I think that's them. what confused me was I knew that they went against each other, but they never explicitly I felt like showed Fat Joe and Mac Ten strike up beef with each other. They just showed yeah. their like various soldiers fighting. Yeah, the, it, it, very much so. Like they're talking about the fighting, but they're not really showing it. Yeah, they're like man, we've been fighting for three weeks. We've been shooting people, shooting everybody. Yeah, um, which is crazy. Because while I understand loyalty, especially with Mac-10, having watched his interview in uh, the movie Beef 2, um, I completely understand the loyalty thing, but I also would think that that loyalty would be canceled out by the fact that they're dealing in, at this point, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, interstate drug trafficking. Like, at that point starting a feud with your business partner because the guy that uh, misread the word penguin in a taboo <laughs> match shot somebody that seems a little silly to me and then cut him into pieces yeah and put him on his mom's front porch that's excessive too because you're bringing mom into it now yeah it's uh yeah that, a little ridiculous. that's a lot you're doing too much you really are <laughs> There is an interesting, like, they do pull back from, like, major scenes in this. Like, um, I liked in, in New Orleans when they're, when Mac-10 and Fat Joe get get jumped, right, mm-hmm. by Gator's henchman who doesn't like them. Because they're a total asshole to him. I get it. Um, and Gator leaves, you know, his guys with guns on Fat Joe and Mac-10 and says, I'll be right back. And comes back in the room and the guys are dead. And the wind, the door is like busted open and it's like, oh, they just show you the aftermath instead of showing you the actual fight. Mm-hmm. Um, smash cut to Mac 10 and Fat Joe running as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, for nine uh, seconds. And, yeah, clearly not not enjoying that part of the experience at all. Uh, but it, it was like, um, I don't know, it was just like you guys... You took, a, you took another route through this thing that I did not expect. Speaking of Always taking another route as they run down an alley, um, do you know if New Orleans has alleys? Because L.A. has alleys. So my hunch was they just filmed that in L.A. too, but I don't actually know. New Orleans does have alleys, yeah, uh, as far as I remember. Okay. Um, but that's a good point because they definitely didn't go to New Orleans for this. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, there is a lot of there, how did you how did you handle the um the back and forth from New Orleans to LA? Were you in tune with where the fuck they were when when the fuck they were? Um, that actually got easier for me because when they were in, except for when they were in that weird diner, that I don't actually know. But the oh, rest yeah. of that it, was in New York. Yeah, the rest of it seemed pretty clear, mainly because they only went there after they were in that weird, like, fake backyard for Gator. So the Gator part was when I started to get a little confused. And then after that, then they would basically just show that weird, like, styrofoam airplane to signify (laughs) when they were going in and out of New Orleans. Well, let's talk about that first plane scene, because that scene is when we get a lot of rapper cameos kind of stacked on top of one another. Yeah. Um, it's have you got, ever gone oh, to like a um like a historical tour where at one point they want to like show you a film strips they have you sit down in a fake vehicle and act like you're <laughs> yes like on the intrepid or something yeah, yes absolutely. that's what it felt like like it reminded <laughs> me of like when you see one of those tweets about like a good dad and what he's doing is watching a youtube video of a roller coaster and then he's got his toddler yes. on his knee in like a laundry basket yeah yes, exactly laundry. every time yeah. they flew it was like that but we were on mac 10's knee like we were the child <laughs> of mac 10 and t-boz and he's just rattling us around they're all in the old twa plane like yeah that thing that thing had ashtrays for sure oh 100 percent so they get on their plane to take their flight to New Orleans or New York, I think, in New Orleans. And uh, Crazy and Lazy Bone come through, right? It's well, it's. Uh, I know it was Crazy Bone. I don't remember if it was Lazy or if it was Flesh. But uh, one of the lesser bones was with Crazy Bone. Yeah. I, lay, I, I think I wrote it down. I, I'm, I'm usually – I've been wrong in my notes before, though. But it could. I think it was Lazy. So they show up just to be an asshole. Um, and then he has that nice little conversation with – a guy who says he's from Long Beach who looks like like the dictionary definition of a Long Beach rapper. Was that badass? I think, was that badass? I, th- I think. Uh, I don't really know what badass looks like like that. I thought I was going to be dealing with boozy badass uh, in this film, which I was disappointed, but whatever. Um, yeah. And you know what I mean by like what a Long Beach rapper looks like? Maybe because Snoop is skinny. I just like in the sense skinny. that, yeah, like skinny and has like the long braids too. Yeah, 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 and a, and a certain a certain like demeanor of like very chillness. Yeah, like, actually, I, that dude seems super fucking cool. Yeah, it, and it's also what um, not only MC8 looks like, but MC8 music I always associate with that too. Like all that like DJ yeah. Slip like like wiry fucking keyboard type of shit, where like you could like yes. take a nap to it if you weren't actually listening to all of the descriptions of violence. Yeah, they use the same keyboard sound to denote like terror and violence and also chilling and relaxing. Yeah, pretty exactly. Amazing. Hey, so uh, I'm getting some skipping in my audio because this thing, I've got a, like a fatal MacBook audio issue. Okay. Um, let's take a pause really quick and I can cool. come back. Okay. Sounds good. Biological father left me in the cold when a few months old. I thought a child was greater than gold, but I guess not. You brought me into this world, but you're not my dad. Mess around with them drugs, make my mom's mad. So we left you with no remorse or pity. Took the first bus from York to Jersey City. Women and child alone, now that's pressure. 
Okay, so how many? What, what, what else you got for? Notes? How about that car explosion? Oh man, big money, huge money there. Perfect, that was a big moment. Yeah, it was her screaming inexplicably, like yep. the <laughs> actual yep. explosion. The fact that basically you then are like, wait, are they back where they started? But now as friends, <laughs> like, it was great. <laughs> yeah, and Mac Ten, like they he even has a there's a scream. And then there's a voiceover where Mac 10's like, I don't know what I shot in that car, but holy shit. And it blows <laughs> up. <laughs> so it was great. Um, the gun violence, let's quickly examine that because we always have to in these films. Yeah. Um, they had actual squibs. So blood packets blowing off in people's chests. Always great. Mm-hmm. Um, they had actual blanks. So they are discharging firearms. Also great. But they also did the thing where they like, rotoscoped in some muzzle flashes at certain points okay so this had a lot going on it wasn't just one thing excellent i always like this is a thing you know so much better than i do so it's always nice when you give me the the intel because all i could do is sort of just like nod my head and be like yeah looks pretty good (laughs) well it's kind of exciting to like to see like okay they're gonna pull the gun out what are they how what are they gonna do because it's hard to make a movie with guns in it you know Mm -hmm. and what are they going to do? Are they going to, are they going to get all the rights? Are they going to find some ways around it? Like how much am I going to feel this gun violence? And, uh, I was not let down. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Yeah. Um, I also, as much as, uh, I enjoy ending the movie with that explosion. I also like that the true ending of the movie is a dub C verse. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, his verses on that song. You're talking about the music video? Yeah, yeah, Let It Rain, oh the God, uh, the like Lucy by Westside connection that is from the uh, Thicker Than Water soundtrack and is how the uh, entire movie comes to an end. That shit, when he started, like, he's doing like ad-libs in the beginning over Mac 10s verse, and I'm like, who's this lunatic? And then I had to like stop myself and slap myself in the face, like I'm, I'm the Batman meme, smacking myself. <laughs> like, it's Dub C, obviously, and he's going to do some crazier shit on his verses. Yeah. And I fell in love all over again with Dub C. All time like, underrated rapper. Like, oh he is God, a top dude. five underrated rapper. I like that you, you call that the ending, but this is the actual ending is the rap movie classic of we set up all these things, all these potential conflicts. And then we ran out of time and money and we're just going to have them all explained in a voiceover. Oh yeah. The animal house ending. Yes. It's so good. Everything worked out. And it's a thorough animal house ending where you're like, wait, do we really care what Mac 10's girlfriend uh, graduated (laughs) from college with as a degree? We even get MC eight story arc. He ends up all right. You know, Oh, it's so funny. I love that. The, yeah. It just it was so refreshing to see that again. It's been so long. It's, it's And you are right. It is the classic. Like, I don't know what the first... Because, like, I always think of that as Animal House. Is that, like, a common movie thing? That's a great question. Like, it, it's got to be, like, title... Like, just using cards to just say what happened to everybody is probably the first version of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. it's It's great to just employ that method because you definitely ran out of money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they did, that wasn't how the script was going to end guaranteed. They're just like, we're going to blow up this car. And then, you know, Mac 10, you're going to come in and do a voiceover. And we're going to get the guy who played Gator on the phone to have like a fictional conversation with you. It's just like, it's such a great way around it. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what you call it though. I don't know. They just, let's just call it the animal house ending. You nailed it. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Should we hit up hotlines? 
Let's do some hot lines. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Oh man. <laughs> There's so many. Endless hotlines. Like endless. Well, anytime you ever ask what my plans are for the afternoon, for my career, for my life, <laughs> I wanna say I want to open up a ghetto fabulous pet store. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about exotic stuff like pit bulls and piranhas and shit. <laughs> it's so good. Fat Joe's dream is to open up an exotic pet store or a ghetto fabulous pet store. Do you ever know anybody with piranhas? No, no. It's interesting. I uh, went to high school with a guy that got piranhas and we would get really stoned and sit in a dark room and he would turn on one lamp and then drop like meat in. <laughs> like it's anticlimactic because piranhas are sort of small. So you're basically just watching them nibble on protein. <laughs> like, wow, this is not what the movie said it was like. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was going to be bonkers. And then you're just sitting there stoned and you don't want to be the first person to be like, uh, can we watch TV? Or <laughs> yeah, look at him fucking eat the thing. Oh, shit. Um, and that's why water be dripping. <laughs> Which I still don't know what the fuck they were saying, but I love it because they keep saying it, and then the uh, MC8 keeps mocking his buddy for saying it all the time. Oh. And that's why water be dripping. He does the SpongeBob meme. Oh. <laughs> uh, why am I talking? Why am I speaking in memes right now? I don't know why. <laughs> because uh, the only interpersonal connections any of us have are via Twitter right now. That's a very good point. We're like now starting to package all of our thoughts into memes. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, you pointed out this one earlier. Uh, first motherfucker that breathes wrong. Uh, oh, gonna end up off. getting noodles blasted out of the back of his head. So good. So good. Uh, fuck, I look like Mr. Belvedere. Oh, amazing. that's such a great one. Yep, amazing. Great. It's when Mac-10, somebody asked him to get him something. And he gets it anyway. I love that. Yeah. He's like, you get me a soda. And he's like, fuck, I look like Mr. Belvedere. You get it yourself. And then he does get his friend the soda. I like uh, when uh, Fat Joe's crew is uh, getting ready to muscle up for war. And he takes that guy's bat and goes, this ain't the, the motherfucking Flintstones. I have the same fucking one. That's so good. This ain't the fuck motherfucking Flintstone. It's so shocking. Much. This movie just top to bottom really outperforms any rap movie we've watched of any stripe or variety yeah. in a very long time. It's up there with Paper Soldiers, I think. In yeah. The, oh my, in, Paper in Soldiers the, is an all timer. Paper Soldiers has higher highs. Yes. You know? uh, but it also does drag. Yeah. In certain parts, and then this is just like a consistent. It just works like consistently, like. Somehow Fat Joe and Mac-10 are like compelling leads that you want to spend 90 minutes with. I mean, that's why Fat Joe is a successful multi-level marketer right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wears the headset and everything. It's true. Uh, yeah, he's out there giving TED Talks and shit. Um, oh, I love this. They get into a fight in the studio and Mac-10 starts yelling at his buddy, but he's insulting him. And complimenting him at the same time. He's like, I wasn't talking to you, you cool motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment sandwich. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, he's got to start. Yeah, that's exactly how you, it's a sales thing. Uh, Mac-10 has worked at a call center. Yeah, he actually potentially has. That's true, yeah. Um, I liked uh, Fat Joe with his girl where uh, 
She's like, you forgetting something? He's like, no, I got my keys. And she looks at him like he is the <laughs> dumbest person on the planet and then holds up a semi-automatic weapon. Yes, that's so good. Um, I love when they're playing their very West Coasty beats and the dude playing Nintendo 64 goes, there's too much bass. And Mac-10 goes, never too much bass. Pass the weed. So good. <laughs> never too much bass. I loved when Mac-10 needs money and he goes to his mom and he says, you look nice today. And she goes, no, immediately. <laughs> so does the stepfather. Yeah, and then he tries it on the stepfather. The stepfather's instantly up to, he knows exactly what he's, what he's up to. It's fucking great. Oh my gosh. Um, I liked uh, when Mac-10 side piece is dropping him off at his girlfriend's house. She's like, let me get this straight. I shoot some bitch for you. <laughs> And now you have me driving you to some other bitch's house. That's amazing flex. Yeah. That's game yeah. right there. Mac 10 has game. At that point in the movie, I was really worried that the, the women were going to be done very dirty and just be either like violent maniacs or like shrill harpies. Yeah. In this movie. And they weren't quite. No. Instead, like, this movie is just about the homies. Yes. They, but they, I, even still like the women aren't just like, haunting the edges of the movie being assholes. Like, yeah. They have like needs and wants and they like make them, they vocalize them. It's just the guys ain't shit. That's mm-hmm. the problem. They're really not shit. Um, there's a line that is not really a, a cool line, but it, I think it speaks to something that comes up a lot in these, in these conversations, especially when we talk about West coast rap versus East coast is Max Hen makes a point to call out that the music he plays fat Joe has no samples. Yeah. Which is like, that'll make sure your shit, you know, is going to be available on Spotify. Talk about going from tape to streaming. Like, you can hear more West Coast shit because some dude just played a keyboard yeah. and not and didn't sample the OJs or whatever. I also think that if you are trying to promote your music 20 years ago and you say there isn't any samples here, that's also code for I'm a musician. So this isn't just a fluky, like, loop that I managed to stumble upon. Like, I got more of this fucking back home. That's a good point. It's a really good point. That is, and that's, that seems to me like a very West Coast thing. It's like, yeah, we're musicians too, cool. also. 100%. Yeah. Um, jumping back to when you were talking earlier about MC8 and the garden shears or whatever, a uh, great hotline is, I'll cut his toe off. I'll cut his foot off. Hell, I'll cut his ear off, but I ain't touching his motherfucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> they debate castrating him in the lawn on Fat Joe's birthday. That's what I mean. Everything in this movie gets interrogated. Like, Fat Joe is like, cut his balls off. And he's like, you think he's just saying a cool thing. But no, they, like, stop the movie to, like, interrogate the idea of, are we going to actually touch this guy's balls to cut him off? <laughs> no, I won't do it. I'm MC8, and I approve this message. <laughs> um. My my new favorite hotline is noticing that in this, the second audio recording, you titled it Thickerer Than Water in the URL. That's <laughs> some so gut level shit. I'm glad you spotted that because I fucked up the first one. So welcome <laughs> to Thickerer Than Water, everybody. <laughs> um, I love, just because she got a shirt on that say champion, don't make her a winner. <laughs> and that's what I mean by like cool uncle shit that yeah. everybody starts spouting in this movie. Uh, that shit was great. Absolutely. Uh, and then I think the last hotline that I have is when 
uh, they're giving that girl on Fat Joe's porch instructions of all the stuff they want from the corner store, and then somebody just screams out, and some rubbers with your fine ass. Yeah, compliments her while they're demeaning her. Yeah, it's compliment sandwich. Yeah. Multi-level hit, marketing. Gotta hit him with that. I got a bunch. That's when they call her a chum bucket ass bitch. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, that is do people absurd. fish in LA? I think there's fishing in LA. Yeah, you okay. can do some fishing out there, right? There's a pier in uh, Santa sure. Monica. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's there's definitely fishing. Um, there's probably still water there back then. Um, actually, I got a lot of. Oh, uh, lamb on me! I will never get sick of hot lines from this perfect movie. Uh, never ass over cash. That was just a you know just a hotline. Yeah, um, the maxim. Even okay, so I had to rewind this. Gator is a hotline factor. I'm just going to give you the Gator show real quick. Okay. Um, he's talking about his money. He's like, you know, I count everything, even them twos and fews. <laughs> that's really good. That slipped by me, right? but that's incredible. I had to rewind that shit. Twos and fews. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. That Unfucking. Is real. he like a pimp? Is that sort of his? I don't know. Mystique. Yeah, because he's a genius. That yeah, dude, CJ like... Mack. I found some, I was doing some audio digging, and every one of these, I almost feel like we should be doing a Spotify playlist of the songs that we are not using. And there's yeah. some weird old CJ Mack that I was like, I didn't even know this guy existed. And it all is pretty, uh, pretty deep in game. Oh, he's a rapper? Yeah. Oh, dude. Because I, I would listen to that shit because I loved him. He's got, dude. He just says the coldest shit when he's like, I've been wearing all white since I got out here. He says he means Los Angeles. Yeah. I've been wearing all white since I got out here because I don't know how which gangs wear which colors. Yeah. That shit's incredible. That was amazing. Um, he was on rap a lot of all places. Wow. Yeah. And then the last one is we employ more people than ATM, Microsoft, and Xerox combined. <laughs> ATM, huh? Yeah. Oh, T- AT&T, shit. Oh, I, was, oh. I just like the idea of them being like, yeah, that company that uh, you can get money out of at the fucking corner store. Yeah, the company that makes all the money, you know, ATM. Yeah, ass to mouth. Yeah, ass to mouth in them. Yeah, at the finishing line, there is. Uh, yeah, G- anyway, Gator was just fucking fantastic. Um, and, they, and even he has to stop and interrogate what the New Orleans lifestyle is like, where he's like, in New Orleans, they'll shoot you just because they're in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, not because you're wearing the wrong colors or some shit. He's like, he's like, everybody in New Orleans thinks we're country and stupid, and I like it that way because I get underestimated. <laughs> or he's like, everybody from who's not from New Orleans thinks we're country and stupid. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love that. And I thought it was interesting they made a big deal about New Orleans at all because at first I was like, oh, well, this must be because Mac Ten was on Cash Money, but Mac Ten was on Cash Money in like 2002. And this movie was filmed in 1997. So they just picked New Orleans out of a hat or something. Yeah, that's wild. And they're like, and they didn't even really like, oh, this is an opportunity to like showcase some New Orleans talent. You know, they're just like, no, it just has to happen in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll skip a couple hotlines, but um, uh, this will give us a way. Well, okay. First, I'll say um, his mom, or his, yeah. Mac 10's mom, after his dad dies, tells him this line when you can just hear the writer just patting themselves on the back. Just because you never said hello to your father doesn't mean you can't say goodbye. When she's trying to get him to go to the funeral. Mm. 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 The writer, ooh, who wrote three things. Uh, one of them was, I don't even know. Um, was probably loving himself after that. And then 
Finally, uh, big pun is in this movie. Yes, big pun is in this movie, and on the or not on the soundtrack, but in the movie. Okay, so the idea is that because it's a terror plays... squad song, so they have like like Armageddon or somebody do the or Cuban Link do the big pun thing, but I don't think big pun is actually on the soundtrack. I could be wrong. Okay, okay, so they gotta yeah. Um, so B Real's like, hey, I, got, I know this guy named Punny. He's got a lot of drugs. Go to New York. He'll give them to you to sell them. And of course, Big Pun's there. And so they're sitting in a diner. And I love that Big Pun introduces himself to Mac 10. And then he just asks Mac 10 straight dead in the face. He says, Do you know where you're at? And it's such a badass line because he's like, Yeah, you know, do you know, like, do you understand what's happening here? Like, you are under my control right now. Mm-hmm. And Mac 10's like, Yep, it's all good. Don't worry. I'm super far from home. I flew here on that fucking weird Airbus. It's all good. (laughs) Also, it's funny when it's like, do you know where you're at? And the audience is like, please say it. Please say it out loud. (laughs) Still a little confused. It's murky. Yeah. Yeah, Can we get a lower third that kind of tells us? (laughs) And is it six years later or not? What's happening? Yeah. Um, What did you think of Big Pun's scene? Um, I mean, I was interested in that diner scene. And much like the... um, uh, the convertible hoopty scene. There's something interesting about a bunch of big guys sitting at like a diner table. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was fine. It didn't like stand out just because so much of the movie stood out, but it wasn't like bad or anything. It just, my list of five pages of things that made me be like, Oh my God, how is this movie actually really awesome? Did not include the, uh, that specific scene. Yeah, the fact that Big Pun, who's somebody who we get to see on camera in film so rarely. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was in this movie for longer than he was in Pariqua's Bond. Yes, he was. Exactly. And I, I thought it was, there's was a couple interesting things about his scene. Like, first, when the waiter comes up, uh, he asks him in Spanish what they want to eat. And, and Pun orders something for himself. And then he orders the exact same thing for them. Mm-hmm. so he orders for them like he's on a fancy date yeah which i really liked um so and then what Clint he does on real housewives of new york <laughs> i'll have this and she'll have the blank kind yeah. Of thing. yeah i love that yeah. it's also what patrick bateman does in american psycho yeah it's well it's funny on the housewives because it means that all the other housewives like it's nice i get to show up late and uh they've already ordered for me but then you're also like that's like a weird thing i used to do is just spending other people's money and showing up to places to such a degree that you don't even want autonomy over what you're going to be shitting out in a day and a half. Yeah, that is incredible. Like, and I'll let one of my frenemies order it for me. Yeah, exactly. It's very strange. It could be poisoning me. That's some palace intrigue shit. Right yeah, there. right. Um, and then finally, when when he takes him back to the uh, refrigerator full of of blow of uh, coke. Yeah. That I thought about that too. Three big guys being in a scene together you can see this kind of delicate dance they have to do to allow pun who is massive yeah. at this point, like beyond massive. Yeah. He's like a 500 pound man, but right before he dies and he has a little bit of a limp going, which I actually was kind of sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just like, there's a lot of logistics because it was a small set and you can see them really like trying to work around all of their like combined uh, bulk to get to this scene. Uh, again, smoked weed, watched 
paid too much attention. Um, <laughs> I like the uh, the locked shut refrigerator. That was a nice touch. Yeah, that lock wasn't doing shit. That lock was coming right off. Yeah, it's the speaking of memes, it's the uh, um, the Cheeto that's being used <laughs> to hold the door shut. Uh, it's exactly the Cheeto. Like the ATF are gonna have no problem just getting that shit on, or the DEA uh, are gonna have no no problem getting that shit off the fridge. Um, so that's all I got. What as a movie. What a movie, dude. Is it okay? We uh, we kind of did it out of order. I thought we were going to do Mendoza line first, but is this above or below the Mendoza line? Should you watch it? Anthony, oh, what do you think? My god. I there's no reason not to. It's on YouTube for free. Multiple people, which is something that all old rap movie uh producers should do. Like Master P, if you're not going to like put MP to Last Don out again like on some streaming service, just put it on YouTube for like a buck. In this case, yeah. it's free, and it is shocking how enjoyable it is. Yep. Turn your volume up so you can hear the dialogue. There's a slight audio issues sometimes. Yeah, and it's but not like, audio issues with the movie. It's audio issues with the VHS tape rip. That's true. The fact that it is ancient. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's. I loved it. I, th- I thought it did like such interesting things like with the script constantly asking uh, why on itself. Yeah. And... And I thought it was just shocking to see Mac 10 and Fat Joe carry a movie. Mac 10, I thought was better than Fat Joe as an actor because he's I got agree. this kind of like, he's got this kind of like wounded, like kind of like passivity to him. But when it's time to like kind of stand up and start barking, he's like really good, you know? Yeah. Um, like when somebody had a gun in his face and he's like, what's wrong with your trigger finger? Uh, I thought that was like pretty badass and cool. Anyway, I fucking loved it. Like I, it was just great to be back in this mold of film too. After seeing so many high budget things like hustlers and master of skies. It's just um, such a weird, like, like I don't, I didn't do enough looking into who else was involved in this. That wasn't a rapper, but no. it, it makes me wonder like whether they just struck the like the perfect balance of having non-rappers in the right places and rappers in the right places. Yeah. Yeah, it w- and it was Priority Films was like involved and I think that might have kind of lent it a little bit of access and money maybe. Um but it just didn't it wasn't like oh and you know the guy who directed it was a regular on Northern Exposure right? and thirty something. It's weird. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he was kind of like a token black guy actor in like the nineties. Okay, it's kind of what it looked like. You know, like he'd show up as like a police chief or like a you know like a um, another cop or like he was just but he was a recurring guy on Northern Exposure. He was uh, Chris's half brother or something interesting yeah who was black and, and chris i think the dj uh aiden from sex in the city the radio guy from northern Ex- why are we talking about northern fucking exposure anyway he had like a half brother who was black huh. um yeah very interesting didn't direct much more than this i think yeah no, i'm video. looking and it looks like he also directed an independent or produced an independent film that was financed by dale davis former nba player Nice. Oh, we lo- oh, I love that. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be interested in seeing basically who's in charge of being the adult in the room. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mac 10 was a producer, executive producer. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Mac 10 was heavily invested anyway. Loved it. Um, 
with that said, should we uh, move on to some music? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we um, lead uh, with what uh, with what you're talking, and then we'll see where we end up. Okay. So what I found, um, I never really, I don't have a lot of experience with MC8 other than as a punchline to one of the best uh, diss tracks ever made. Yes. Uh, Dallas and Sense. Uh, you left out the G because the G ain't in you. Oh my god, <laughs> that basically rendered MC8 invisible to me because i'm a huge dj quick fan so i was like don't need him quick doesn't like him don't need him <laughs> um oh yeah it buried him alive essentially but so i went back and i've been checking out some mc8 which i i like him uh i'm not completely bowled over by him uh i think he's like such a consistently west coasty west coast rapper mm-hmm. um it's really refreshing to hear it's cool but i'm not like oh man this motherfucker's a genius he's an innovator that would be dub c of course yeah um and sugar free and people like that but i liked it i like listening to some some uh, mc8 and i came across a project uh i was doing some dj premiere kind of brushing up after that great battle of dj premiere versus rizza did you watch that no no i've I know that everyone's excited about the battles, um, but what I've been doing is basically just watching every DJ Paul live, which then gets thrown up on YouTube by uh, Nas. Um, And it's more my speed in the sense of it's DJ Paul, who is actually still a really good technical DJ, um, doing like one third new shit and two thirds old shit but like okay. actually oh, yeah. DJed well, it's really great. And he does those on Saturday nights too. So uh, yeah, I'm more interested in like the actual DJing and hearing just a mix than like yeah. being reminded of 10 songs. But it is yeah, cool you... that they're happening and that people are talking about it and shit. Well, the cool thing about those is like you get you get a little higher, you drink a little bit and you sit there and you get to watch like RZA in his living room, like navigating the internet. Yeah. And like... It's just very like real, you know. I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that battle was incredible. It was really really fun to watch. Um, where I, and I and the babyface Teddy Riley one was like a shit show. I didn't watch it, but the memes were just ringing off after that. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just kind of looking at the premiere stuff, and he mentioned MC8 on the on the live because he had done some projects with him, mm-hmm. uh, notably this one called 2017's Which Way Is West. And I just thought it was really funny that it's a, the most West Coasty West Coast album from the most West Coasty West Coast rapper, and it's executive produced by the East Coast beat you know legend, yeah, DJ Premier, and the guy who did the bulk of the production, this guy Brink Sinatra, is from Austria, uh, because that's where the market for rap is now. Uh, <laughs> old for old school rap is in Europe, <laughs> and his beats are great. He's got this kind of like proto Dilla thing going on, um, and the pre- premiere produced like four songs on the album, and they're fine. Um, he does some scratching on another one, but yeah, this this track um, it's called uh, "Gangsta Gangsta" with Corrupt, who's always a great time. Yeah, love Corrupt. Uh, I really liked it. It's, it's got a cool beat. Very chill. Did you check this shit out or is this, uh, is this new to you? Uh, this is new. Um, yeah, our back and forth. I did not actually realize I should listen to it ahead of time because I'm a fucking idiot. So, um, but it's interesting because old MC eight and Compton's most wanted was shit that I've really enjoyed. Um, cause like early Compton's most wanted is like really just classic West coast shit. 
but they're also the kind of group that because of their feud with DJ Quick, they're never really remembered because history is written by whoever sells more records. Uh, uh, yes, we talked about this on the uh, Compton's Most Wanted ep- episode about the West Coast, especially being victim of that. Like, yeah. The winners are writing the history there. 100%. So I have always had like, like We Come Strapped is, I believe, the uh, MC8 featuring Compton's Most Wanted. The Music to Drive By is the record right before that. And like, like if you watch the uh, 30 for 30 on um, the Fab Five, like the Michigan team that had like Chris Weber and Juwan Howard and shit, that literally them listening to MC8 and Compton's Most Wanted was the shorthand for <laughs> these are unruly young black teenagers that need to be put in their place. <laughs> wow. Because they're like walking around like dressed like fucking young teenagers and listening to that in headphones. And somebody's like, what are you listening to? And they're like music to drive by. And like you just can see all the people that are already looking for an excuse to condemn them for being like unruly, poorly raised children. Like they all are like, Oh, that's the poll quote right there. Shit. And then that was at the time when it was like capital G gangster rap was like the, the dog whistle for like scary black people. Oh yeah. Oh my God. 100%. Yeah. Oh God damn. And drive-bys too. Like drive-bys were just like, everybody was seeing that on fucking boys in the hood and all that shit. And it was just like, Oh man. Yeah. But so basically the early Compton's wanted is your classic, just hard hitting gangster rap from the West coast. And then music, the drive by is the one where they sort of let it breathe a little more. And the production is more like what like DJ unique was doing for bone thugs. And, um, MC eight was a legend, but basically he was already like six years into his career. So he started to focus more on acting and sort of fell off as a rapper. So like being on the, uh, um, uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, the guy that sells rapper, uh, sells actual records, um, untitled, um, uh, Oh, Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick. Yeah. yeah. Like when he was on the Kendrick record and like this, uh, which way is West or whatever, like this is his comeback because he basically had six years of classic records and then sort of fell off for a while when he was being an actor and like actually doing pretty well at being an actor. So like the fact that he managed to unfall off is also crazy because not a lot of rappers do that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Because he did find a new life and, and support obviously because everybody showed up to this. This album has fucking everybody on it. Dub C's on it. Fucking Lady of Rage is on it. Oh, nice. Crazy. Uh, Outlaws, you got Exhibit. You know, like Bumpy Knuckles is on a song. Uh, <laughs> nice. That is interesting. Like, yeah. The, but then I, I listened to one today. I guess we're just going to talk about MC8 now. I listened to one today from 1999 that has zero features on it. Um, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's called Section 8. Um, that that's an interesting kind of time. The production's weird, but has no features, which is also weird. Yeah. Especially for the West coast where frequently it's just like, I've got a bunch of buddies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, here's me and my friends. Um, anyway, so let's listen to this, um, uh, gangsta gangsta. We'll come back, talk a little bit more and then we'll wrap this up. Okay. We got to get him. Keep it real hood. Beating them down low. 
with the homies in a picnic getting hot smoking on that bomb shit got the moon rocks them corrupt moon rocks trying to get high you know what i'm saying oh man my bitch is tripping my mind is gone i don't make funny raps love songs i'm a menace That's right, and that's everything that baby girl likes Feeling heavy, sedated, the game's equated The lanes I hate and I'm glad that I made it another day West Side Story where the story is told In the land of the homies with the Danas and Vogues Ready or not, here I am Katrina is my bitch, I'm breaking levees and dams I'm the man, motherfucker I'm the man, motherfucker Toucan Sam, motherfucker Double nickel approach, trouble stick em and roll Never gave a fuck about a hoe, motherfucker Forilla, gorilla, motherfucker At Coachella with Janae Ico, motherfucker Man, okay. 
they're just they're just different on the west coast it's just different man it's so crazy um i enjoyed the uh which way is west um i had never uh, heard anything from that record but uh, also it's interesting where like corrupt obviously can still rap but hearing like mc8 with a more like lived-in voice as corrupt has a more lived-in voice like they sound somewhat similar now or i wouldn't have thought of them as sounding similar 20 years ago yeah there's a real this kind of an age to them it's kind of nice and just that context of like you know rap nerd makes a beat that sounds like dilla but is for a west coast rapper is like that's not the context i thought i'd be listening to mc8 in yeah you know um, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a little bit of a grower on me too. That that track, I, I I had it on and I was like checking it out, like whatever. And then I was like, it just kind of by the end, I just kind of had, I was like in it, you know. It kind of took me over. And I think shit. that's sort of what MC8 does. Like, it's really easy, easy, especially like the way rap has gone over the last fifteen years, to only notice people that are like showy. Yeah. So for somebody like MC8, that's a little more like of like a subtle workmanlike rapper. Like it's cool where you're sort of sitting there and then you realize like, oh wait, this he's just rapping. Like there's not any fucking uh, jiggery pokery. Like he's just <laughs> fucking rapping. That's actually kind of that speaks to what I, why I was like let down by some of the premiere production because I was expecting that like bombastic kind of premiere epicness, you know, mm-hmm. of like here's just the perfect loop and chopped up perfectly yeah um but it he kind of falls fades into the background a little bit like let's mc8 just go on on the songs that he produced on that album not this one but yeah I, you're right it, you you kind of just gotta let it wash over you absolutely absolutely yeah. and just also it's cool when you see people like that old rapping together like that's yep. fun like they've probably they probably first met each other in like 1993 or something yeah yeah, or back when they were like doing like shiny suits, like the world class wrecking crew or something. Like they're, you know what I mean? They're exactly. like the fans of that era. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Um, should we pivot? Let's pivot. All right. Um, I was initially gonna go deep into uh, weird Mac Ten, which is interesting because like you have your basic classic West Coast Mac Ten, then you have Banger Ball, which is like a really strange Cash Money record. Um, that I has, can't believe I didn't know I was today years old when yeah. I found out <laughs> yeah. that he has a cash money record and it's a cash money record which means that it's like the very end of like Manny Fresh on cash money but then because he's a west coast guy you also have like Dre and Scott Storch on it and then there's so a nice. fucking west side connection record and like it's just it's all really strange and it's interesting and half the songs are actually pretty good but um, it would be criminal for a 90-minute movie with a two-hour and two-minute soundtrack to uh, not really get dove into. So we somehow have had 100 podcast episodes and change, and we're going to talk about uh, Dresta from BG Knockout and Dresta for the second time. Yes, again. It's fucking no one else. Yeah. Dave could never... Yeah, it's him and Dub C. The song's called Survival of the Fittest. It's produced by a guy named Black Toven, who, while I've never heard of, seems like somebody that I've probably listened to his shit before, and is currently uh, active on Bandmix, which appears to be some sort of social network where you find other people to jam with. 
his Sick. profile mentions that uh, his first major hit was he wrote the song Sweeter Than Candy by the Gap Band because his uncle was in the Gap Band. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, he's been playing instruments since he was eight. Um, he's looking for basically people that play everything else. He's like, <laughs> I can sing, play the drums, keyboard, piano, DJ, violin, uh, but if I could find somebody that plays like the accordion or the mandolin, or <laughs> horns, <laughs> like he has a very specific set of skills. This guy, yeah. But it's funny because he's also as a fifty-year-old uh, musician from Pasadena. He's very clearly like a guy that was trained in the church, but also made hood rap for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a different DBA for his LLC when he makes like rap music. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it, it makes sense because like this, like West Coast beats oftentimes they're very musical and like yeah, when you hear this beat, you're like, oh, this guy isn't playing around. Like he's this isn't just a chop of some other musician's work. This guy knows what he's doing. And then you like start to read this thing, and you're like, oh wow, this man plays fucking everything. That's crazy. Yeah, and it is interesting that yeah, the, uh, a West Coast producer is 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 going to be the kind of guy who has connections to the Gap Band. Yeah, like that's that makes sense. That's totally tracks with my stereotypes about the West. Yeah, like all the weird Snoop songs with Charlie Wilson and shit. Maybe Blacktoven is the connective tissue all along. It's all been Blacktoven the whole time. Yeah, and of course, uh, Dresta was on Easy E's label, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah fucking back with him and bg because that's the other funny thing about watching all of this is remembering how many rap names have been reused like bg knockout is not the same as baby gangsta from cash money and then badass is not boozy badass no and interestingly um if you're actually listening to the soundtrack soundtrack havoc and prodigy from south central cartel are on the soundtrack who Amazing. are not the same as Havoc and Prodigy for a mob deep. They spell their names differently. But when I went to listen to South Central Cartel on Google Play Music, they attribute Mob Deep as having a cameo on every song. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they got confused. Yeah, because the algorithm doesn't give a shit. You just have a bunch of fucking dickless libertarians out there fucking trying to like archive this stuff so they can make a buck off of it. Like nobody's actually pointing out that the fact that there's two different havoc and prodigies from opposite coasts is just like a strange coincidence. Yeah, no one's jumping in and amending that Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's, it's only really being noted by me shouting it three beers in on 420. I don't think this is getting uh, added to the historical record. The blockchain is not covering uh, discogs the way it should do. <laughs> and there's a, someone, there's one other person on this track, Young, young Shame. Young, young shame. shame, who I know nothing about. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of one of those, we're introducing this new guy to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of liked him because he he raps weird and uh, yeah I liked it. it was it wasn't the, it wasn't what I expected much like this film yeah much like this film like Perfect. I the best part too is you Google it and I don't normally like seeing what people have also searched for because my problem with the algorithm is that I know what fucking I'm goddamn well trying to find and now it's just replaced by uh, things that dumber people have been looking for that I'm not or by commerce. 
But when you're looking for something like Blacktoven, you're like, oh, he made beats for Strong Arm Steady. Oh, he was involved in Doggy's Angels, these new oh, dog R and B group. Oh, apparently he knows Roscoe, aka Young Roscoe Philadelphia, corrupts brother. <laughs> like <laughs> they just go he's the go to. He's the guy. He yeah. is the West. It's so fucking weird. Like, I don't know. I just want to spend the rest of the evening like looking to see what Blacktoven has been doing since Thicker Than Water dropped. <laughs> Black Toven was probably a key grip on Thicker Than Water. Yeah, we okay. really need Black Toven and Zaytoven to do some sort of like uh, West Coast Bay crossover thing. <laughs> or not West Coast Bay, West Coast and uh, New Orleans crossover thing. It's it's a fucking... Or Atlanta, yeah. rather. It's all over once uh, Black Toven starts putting out the Gap Band. Not even Zaytoven can compete. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep. Fucking A. Well, this was great, man. This was awesome. Yeah, very pleased that this movie... uh, This is what we needed. Like, this is our first solo, like, distance recording session. Um, It was put on sort of spontaneously because I had a shit work week. Like, it was really an act of God that, like, Mac-10 accidentally made a perfect rap movie 20 years ago. Yep. And that we only chose because the other rap movie wasn't streamable. Yeah, exactly. It was it's super difficult to find, which we're still working on. But yeah, you're right. This this worked out. This is this is what we needed. Bring us back to our roots. Yeah, this is actually what people on Twitter should be tweeting at us. They shouldn't be like, "Hey, can you guys do a Friday episode?" Because that'd be fucking idiotic. Like, instead, you should be like, "You know what? Here's an incredible movie that's on YouTube that no one gives a shit about, but that would give you an excuse to talk about Black Toven." Yes. Yes, we actually do have a couple of those that we can go through, but one of them involves Messy Marv. Oh uh, my God, I could talk about Messy Marv for a while. Perfect. All right, well, let's wrap this up. At Bodega Box Office and all the things, uh, bodegaboxoffice.com is the website. If you would like to, please leave a review. Uh, mark us five stars, even if you want to tell us that we're ugly and can't read good. Uh, yeah, that's it. Well, anything else to say, Anthony? Free Max B. And we're out. Uh, that's me and near. Back once again. <laughs> it's Dub C. The shadiest. Introducing y'all to the newest members of my clique. Young Shane from the Young Hawks. Drace to the Gangster. And we are Bandana Swagger Productions. Your tunes. I can you feel this realness? Nothing can save you from this crew full of big tails, dickies, and Ben Davis. The one and only with the chrome pistoli. For those who don't know me, bandana swinging paroli. Dub to the capital third letter. Uh-huh. Down for whatever, whenever. Uh-huh. Tucking the barretta, still banging uh-huh. for chatter. Who were the villain in my overalls? We weren't cars breaking jaws. Trace to the gangster, Dub C and the young yes, horse. Yes, yes, Busters won't do what gon' do. Now that real riders are upon you, I warn you and alarm you. 
The bandanas will be swinging when we swarm through. Was born to captivate the minds of mortal man and make these girls and the thugs in the club dance. Dressed to the gangster, making you bank your head and bounce. Shout from the west, the east, midwest, and dirty south. Dub C, Mania, Shia. Young hogs born to thug with mean mugs and green bug. California love, homie. Rolling with money chasers only. Women are for me. Never phony, any lonely. Picking by the pony. Lyrically fit to be the locust. Whack rappers claiming that they the dopest. When hopeless brothers be the brokest and saddest song that you ever heard. Shining some light on all you busters like the ghetto bird. And that's the power of the business when we witness. Who wanna witness? All my riders with hustle handle your pain. Survival with the business when we witness. Who wanna witness? All my ladies with hustle handle your pain. Survival with the business when we witness. Who wanna witness? Real riders get wise and handle your pain. Survival with the business when we witness. Who wanna witness? They got a swing in the bank and bringing the kissness. Attempt to adjust your radio. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong. We have taken control to bring you the special show. Bandana swinging. Who me? Oh, I'm known as Dub C. Alias the shadiest one. A Draster. Uh, I got a slug for every mug that wanna look at me evil And got a grudge for all fake thugs and scandalous people If you test Dre, it's suicide Lyrical drive-by, making sure you suckers die Only you abide by the rules of survival Got rappers studying us gangsters like the Bible Since my arrival, involved with hogs to get it solved Raw, involved till we fall And revolve all brawls till they dissolve From the land of the scandalous young dogs and lumps I represent the crown of gadgets and smashes of gun smoke Hunters, bucks, regal tippers, any sippers on the doulo Three-time felons Double life, let's drink the Bruno. You know, the shady is shady, it's one of them all. I'm called uh-huh. Dub C, the ghetto manifesto, still standing tall. Bandana swag until the wheels fall off. And on my mama, we the realest, nearest to ever lay charge. Survival of the business, when we witness, who wanna witness? witness. All my riders with hustle handles, your business. Survival of the business, when we witness, who wanna witness? Come on. All my ladies with hustle handles, your business. Survival of the business, when we witness, who wanna witness? Yeah. Real riders, you wise and handles, your business. Survival of the business, when we witness, who wanna witness? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 